0: So, we're gonna read some scripture a little bit today, and I encourage you, if you've got your Bible app with you, pull out your phone, pull up your Bible app, and if you don't have a Bible app, that's okay, you can follow along on the screen. But if you, uh, if you are at home, don't pull out your phone. Pull out the Bible. Pull it out. Pull it up. And we are reading today one of, one of the amazing things that Jesus has done. John 6 and I, this I hope that this is a familiar passage to you and at some point in time I, you most likely have heard this passage and this passage is is the feeding of the five thousand but I encourage you today to hear it or read it as if it's the very first time you've heard it and hear something different and something new in this reading of the word. So John chapter six starting in the first verse and we're working through the first 14. Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him. For Jesus, he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months wages. Would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of the other disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? Now hear this. Jesus said to them, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in this place, so they all sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated So he did also with the fish as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, you can also read full, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the five fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, this indeed is the prophet who is to come into the world. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: So we begin today uh, with a sermon series on the miracles of Jesus for the month of July will be in this series and uh, Before we begin, or I begin my prepared uh, sermon, will we, let's bow in prayer together. Lord, we're just so very grateful for the ways that you surprise us, for how you are always coming through for us. Lord, we can't believe that we ever, ever doubted you. But, Lord, we do it all the time. It's the human condition. So, Help us to remember and believe that your word is transforming for us. And like Reverend Chris said, we need to hear it with new ears every time because every time we are new people and God means to transform us to be the disciples he's calling us to be. So Lord, let the message today be that. Whether it's through my words or in spite of them, help us to hear what you have to say to us today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) So Jessica Legron wrote a book about miracles. Uh, I think it's a women's study, but, you know, it's for really for all people to learn about the miracles of Jesus. And she said this about the miracles of Jesus, that the big things that god does often begin with something small and in this case began with a small boy's meager offering i've been this week i've really been thinking about this story that i heard there's an author parker palmer who's a quaker writer and he told a story about a circumstance that happened to him he is not only an author but a speaker and he does, did a lot of traveling uh, of course we're not doing those that so much now but back in the day he found himself on an airplane he boarded uh, on the east coast headed to Denver and they got on the plane and you know how you are when you're like in a line you know sometimes you might talk to the person in front or behind you but mostly we're kind of minding our own business kind of hoping that nobody will cut in front of us in line and those sorts of things. So everybody gets on the plane, is either buried their head in a book or have closed their eyes, you know, either pretending to be or actually falling asleep. And they make their way down the tarmac. And then something happened which made uh, Parker Palmer's heart fall. He, he said, uh, and it's a position maybe some of you have been in, on the far end of the tarmac the engine started to die down. And uh, so everybody started looking at each other, wondering what was going on. And the pilot comes on and says, well, folks, I have bad news, and I also have some really bad news. He said uh, the bad news is that uh, there's weather. There is weather weather over Denver, and everywhere in between, and there is no way forward from here for now, and so we are going to be here for a couple of hours, and I'm so sorry about that. And he said, and for the really bad news, it's, uh, it's lunchtime, and we weren't prepared to serve you lunch, so there is no food on the plane. Everybody groaned, you can imagine. Some passengers started to complain, some started to be angry, but then Palmer watched as one of the flight attendants did something remarkable. He watched as she undid her seatbelt and walked up to the intercom system and said to the passengers, We are really, really sorry. That This has happened. We did not plan it this way. We really can't do much about the circumstances we have found ourselves in I know for some of you. This is a really big deal Some of you need to eat when you need to eat and if you don't you get hangry, right? Um, Some of you are really hungry, but some of you may have a medical condition and need to eat with your medications some of you may Need to skip lunch or planned to skip lunch. We're all in different circumstances, but we all find ourselves in the same mess. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pass around a couple of bread baskets. Just going to pass them around the plane. And some of you brought a snack to tide you over. Some of you have, may have a few lifesavers or some aids or something tucked away in your baggage. If you don't have something edible, go ahead and put something in this basket. A picture of a spouse or a boyfriend or girlfriend or loved ones. Go ahead and put in a bookmark or a greeting card or a business card. Whatever you have, everyone put something in the basket. And then, once we've collected the baskets, we're going to reverse the process And we're going to pass it around the plane and everybody take out of that basket exactly what you need for now. And something remarkable started to happen. The griping stopped. People started digging in their pockets and their purses. They reached under their seats in front of them to grab what they had stuffed in there. And that some people actually stood up in the aisles and pulled things out of the overhead compartments and dug into their luggage as these baskets were passed. And he saw as the baskets went around boxes of candy and a salami and even a bottle of wine was making its way around the galley. People were talking to each other. People were laughing here and there, when they would see the offerings in the basket that had been had magically appeared from people's belongings. She, this one flight attendant, had transformed an entire airplane of people who were focused on need and deprivation into a community of sharing, a world of scarcity, had become a world of abundance just by one invitation. The world around us these days is feeling a good deal like the world of those airplane passengers when they first get the good news, that is. The bad news, well, we know what the bad news is, and it just seems to keep on coming as if as if COVID wasn't bad enough. What else have we faced in 2020 killer bees and sahara dust and i mean it just it just the news just keeps getting wilder and wilder and worse and worse and every single thing seems to affect the economy and people's livelihood and people's health and uh so if you're like me i'm i'm tired of getting the bad news and i i know it just keeps coming like those passengers there's a lot we can't do very much about we hear it and we say, well, I mean, I guess I can put on a mask for the sake of my neighbor, but uh, what, else, what else is possible? There's gonna t- it's going to take a lot of patience to get us from here to where we're eventually going in this world. We're already watching the effects of all of this in our world. We know that all kinds of people and livelihoods are being affected. When Parker Palmer was getting off the airplane after that flight. He stopped and he talked to the flight attendant and he said, I was just wondering, are you aware that there is a story in the Bible that's kind of like what you just did on this airplane with us? It's about Jesus feeding a lot of people from the little they had. Yes, she said. I know that story. That's why I did what I did. Now, you remember the story, and the story has been remembered to us already this morning. Reverend Chris read it to us. A long day was drawing to a close, and thousands of people were on the hillside. We don't exactly know how many thousands, but every gospel writer has already shared this story. And one of the gospel writers shared it twice twice. And so, in two different contexts, on the hill and on the, in the, on the mountain and uh, on, the, on the shore. But we know that there were a lot of people there. And now, after Jesus had taught them in the place where they had followed him to, now they're hungry. And maybe some of them are starting to get a little hangry. Seems strange to complain about our limitations to a limitless God. The God of possibilities. Is always hearing from us. About how impossible. Our own situation is. He's big enough. To hear all of our complaints. But I do think that it's. Uh, it's, it's ironic. That he's the one we go to. When uh, he's the one. Through whom all things are possible. Our prayers Sometimes sound the way the disciples prayers did or pleas to jesus did we lay our desperate situations at the foot of the king of kings and we tell him just how impossible things look to us don't we he wants to hear where you're feeling your desperation he wants to know where you feel short-sighted so that he can give you vision he wants to know where you've lost hope So that he can plant new hope in your hearts. Now, the disciples, they faced an impossible task, overwhelming task in feeding so many. And they really apparently had no resources at all. At least to them, it seemed apparent. They looked out on this landscape of people and they saw scarcity. They saw very, they saw a lot of people and very little else. And when Jesus told them to look after the crowds, their solution was to send them away by themselves. To go, everybody should just go their own way and take care of their own needs. Now, isn't that the truth? That when things are tight, we say, well, to each his own. Everybody, you just go figure it out for yourself. You just go figure that out. And I'll have to go do my thing. And this COVID reality has, has really brought out that worst in us. Think about how in the early days we couldn't find toilet paper, let alone the masks that were needed for essential healthcare workers. There was enough hoarding going on that, that it was clear that attitude of scarcity had taken hold of our nation, really, and even our world. But Jesus said, no. You give them something to eat. He told the disciples to put people in groups seated on the grass. Which shows that one of the answers to scarcity is to put people in small groups. To break down the walls that separate us. To make sure we're making eye contact with each other That we are connecting brother to brother and sister to sister. That we know that we are family in Christ Jesus. The answer to scarcity is to give people a chance to come out of their isolation and to connect with each other. Do you feel that this morning in worship? Those of you who are present here, even though it doesn't feel the same, I know because I've been here before. It's weird not to be so spread out. And for we know that there are those who would like to be here, but who uh, have risk factors that they can't really come out. We know these things, but how good it is to be in God's house and to be the family of God together. When Jesus told the disciples to gather up what food they had, they found those two two what is it two two fish and five loaves. I was going to get it backwards. He blesses them, he breaks them. This is a foreshadowing of the last Supper isn't it? And then he gives them to the disciples, and not just to them, but he says, "Now you give them to everyone else and by mark's account, all ate and were filled all. 5,000 or 10,000 or was it like 5,000 plus the women and children, however many it was, all had enough, enough for that day. Just like manna in the wilderness, just enough to know that, uh, that God's provisions are good and sufficient for our need. They also had what? 12 baskets left over, 12 baskets, 12 disciples. Do you think God had a message in each one of those baskets for each disciple to say, and you doubted me this time? How many times did Jesus said, have you no faith or have you so little faith? to his disciples this was god's message in this miracle to say to all of us our blessings flow over our cup runneth over every time we give what we have how little it is so much more comes back to us a world of scarcity became a world of abundance And Jesus moved people through that process, scarcity to abundance, from fear to generosity. And from the kingdom of this world, this limited world, to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Jesus took the smallest child and the least amount of resources and created an abundance. He gave to God the things that were God's. And there were more than enough. And he promises to do that for us. And for our families. And for our nation. And for our world in the months ahead. If we will trust him. And offer what we have. And who we are. There does exist enough. In our nation, there is enough. In our world, there is enough food and shelter and income and clean air and medical treatment. For everyone, there is enough for all of us to live and love and laugh and thrive. The only question is, will we learn to live together? Can we coexist together but not just exist but can we build community together so that we can live the abundant life Jesus calls us to even when the world is going to tell us how little we have can we prove that God is more than enough what a gift we are being given now may not seem like a gift all of these crazy things that have been happening in 2020 but i believe the gift we are being given is to learn what real abundance is all about in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen